Henley, come here. Okay. Not only did Henley pull all of her clothes into her bed, her diaper moved to the side and she peed on more than half of her wardrobe. What do you have to say to yourself? I need to take a bath. Yeah, you need more than a bath. You need a cleansing. I'm on toys. What? I'm on toys. Why, you want to pee on them too? Come on, let's go take a bath. You little peer. Yeah. Now doing laundry. I felt Henley, did you pee on everything? Yeah. Are you sorry? Sorry. It's okay. I love you. I love you too. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Welcome to a new episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents where I am in L.A. actually because I have to shoot the next episode of Meredith First Sight Unfiltered, but we aren't leaving you guys hanging. I am calling in my husband back in Florida. He's with Gracie. and uh, You're talking like I'm not here. I know. <laughs> it's true. It's weird because we're not together. I'm talking to everybody listening and not you. <laughs> I know. I'm like right here. I'm sitting next to you. You're not sitting next to me. Well, the phone is. But you're not sitting next to me. I'm literally in my underwear and a t-shirt hanging out in a, in a hotel bed. <laughs> and I'm not wearing any pants. But we did not want to disappoint our friends because we are dedicated to this podcast. And we absolutely love it. And we have a super amazing, awesome episode today, which is really heart-wrenching, which we'll certainly get into. But James, how was your flight out to LA this morning? Oh, I don't even want to talk about it. No one likes to hear a complainer. And I had the roughest morning. First of all, my alarm didn't go off. It was going to go off at 4.30. But Gracie woke up at 4.06. And I was like, okay, I'll just cuddle with her for the next 20 minutes. And pulled her into bed with us and just cuddled her. And she was so sweet. She wanted to hold my hand. And she fell right back to sleep. And then I get to the airport. And they have the reservation underneath my maiden name, which is Jamie Otis. And my legal name is actually Jamie Hayner. That wasn't even the end of the fiasco. Like... I looked at the ticket wrong because I was so tired. I had like four hours of sleep and I went to the wrong terminal and then I had to take like the train to get myself back to the other side where the right terminal was and I was literally the last person to board my flight. So mornings are not my thing, just got to be honest. Not either (laughs) of our things. No, not at all. But I am, I'm so excited to have our guest on today because I think this is such an important topic that we all talk about. So today we have on a woman named Dawn Massibney and her daughter was just 19 years old when she died from toxic shock syndrome. And I know a lot of people probably don't even know what TSS is, toxic shock syndrome, because it's not talked about often. It's a rare fatality, but it does happen. And I think it's very, very important that we do discuss it so essentially toxic shock syndrome is what happens when you have when you use tampons or what can happen when you use tampons and so her daughter was using tampons it was her menstrual cycle obviously and she didn't use them inappropriately but she came down with a sickness and within two days was dead and I think that it's so important for us to talk about this because I know that a lot of you guys listening are women and even if you're not women if you know a woman it's just so important to recognize the signs and symptoms and to be aware because I know that I don't know probably 10 out of 10 women have at least tried a tampon in their life so anyways we're going to bring her on later today and she's going to share her story and I have to fair warn you that it's really heartbreaking I mean I cried she cried. I mean, it was just, it, it's a very, very sad story, but it's an important one to listen to because it can help save a life. I had never known or no. even heard about this disease. And it's not even a disease. It's, it's an it, infection. I'm septic. It's like such a fast moving infection that I would have never even knew this existed. And having a daughter, it just really hit home on, on how I want to be able to educate my daughter. So this was really eye-opening for me. It's literally a side effect of tampon use. So the tampons that you get in the box, there's like a little warning label that everyone just kind of like discards or whatever. I don't, I don't ever pay attention to it. I never heard of anyone dying from TSS or even getting toxic shock syndrome. That's why it's so important that men and women, everyone should know about it because her daughter did get toxic shock syndrome. She was just 19 years old and didn't recognize the signs and symptoms and wasn't able to make to the hospital in time and it's an absolutely devastating story 
But before we need the tissues, we should catch everyone up on the house hunting. Yes, because one of the main reasons why we're down here in Florida for the next two months is to look for an investment property. And so far, we've checked out Sarasota, or earlier in the week, I should say. And then over the weekend, we checked out Naples, which we spoke a little bit about. And to be honest, I like Sarasota so far better than Naples, because I feel like if we go to Naples, we'll be the youngest people in the entire <laughs> community. Like Henley, Henley would be this prized possession because she's the only person under 10 years old in the state. Now, that's not true. I mean, I know that there are families in Naples. The reason that I'm not keen on Naples is because it's, A, it's very expensive, and B, the only thing that to do is, like, the beach, and then there's a botanical garden, which I'm a big fan of. There's a children's museum, but I don't. I wasn't able to find other things to just do. I'm all about going to the beach every day, but every once in a while, you want to go to, like, different excursions and attractions and whatnot, and so as much as I love it, and it's absolutely breathtaking, and quite honestly, it has some of the best school districts, I just feel like I need a more of a lively city to to live in and also because we will be airbnb it when we're not there and i don't know if people would want to go to naples it, it is it is you know filled with it's definitely a retirement community that's for sure yeah and i mean it's three hours away from disney which would be a, a big attraction for a lot of people and obviously to help maximize anybody renting out a place we did check out venice beach also and gotta be honest that place is beautiful i love venice but there's just not as much going on when when you just get a little bit further north you've got siesta beach which is by far the prettiest beach we've been to so far you've got museums and children things to do and adult things to do and just like it's a lively city and it's right on the water it's absolutely stunning and it's affordable so we're definitely leaning towards sarasota but when i get back from la so we have i have a lot of trips coming up coming to la we have a lot of things we're shooting out here in la for married at first sight so this weekend i'm shooting unfiltered and then next weekend we're filming a nice special called where are they now and that's going to be with a lot of different couples from married at first sight and then the following week i fly back out to shoot a clip show and not even entirely sure about what this clip show is about i gotta be honest but i just host this clip show and I'm, i love this job i love being a working mom it's obviously super tough but i i find that it's you know it's just like a job that i really love to do and i really wanted a job that would allow me to if i had to to bring my daughter and like next weekend for where are they now Doug's, Doug and I are in it, but Gracie is able to come. We have a nanny for her while we're working. It's just nice that, you know, at the hospital, I really, I'm not able to do that kind of thing. And I mean, your whole dream job is, is to be hosting and be able to spend time at home with the kids and, and, you know, obviously with our daughter, but I got to say that you have a dream and you pursued your dream and Jamie, you are living your dream and there's really nothing cooler than that. I feel so blessed. I really do. And I thank God every day. And it's what keeps me going when I'm so stinking pregnant now. And I'm so tired. And I'm trying to be a great mom and a good TV host and a good wife. And I'm also writing my second book. And I just have a lot of jobs. But I am living the dream. I remember as a nurse, I would... I would dream of being able to one day have like my own talk show. And I kind of have that with Married at First Sight Unfiltered. And I hope to expand it. Like as I want to have a bunch of kids and then get them all in school and then eventually host my own TV show with like while they're in school. So I'm not missing out on like life with them. But right now, like this is, this is what I dreamed of. So I can't, I'm not complaining, but I don't want to continue talking about myself. So anyways. And thank you everybody for, all the comments and the support that you've had on social media. And I know we've reached out a couple times about different places to stay in Florida. And while we're here and, you know, keep in mind that we do read all of your comments, your posts, a phenomenal way to keep in touch with us is to download the Himalaya app and leave a comment on hot marriage, cool parents episodes. You can actually leave a comment on each and every one. You can also 
download and track and organize all of your favorite podcasts through the Himalaya app. So definitely check that out if you haven't already. And you know that each and every week we love to give our friends a shout out for leaving a five-star review on iTunes. So I know Jamie has picked out a very special one. So I'll let James take over from here. The most recent one that came through is a five-star review from a, a lady named Nicole PGH. And she said, can I give 10 stars? I love, love this podcast. Listening to Jamie Doug makes my day. I have followed their journey from maths until now. My husband and I both enjoy this podcast and we can relate with so many ups and downs. I have cried sad tears and happy tears. Thank you for sharing your beautiful story and life with all of us. Well, Nicole, get ready for it because I cried some sad, sad tears for today's interview. I mean, this woman and her story about her daughter is really heartbreaking. But like we said earlier, it's so important to hear because it could literally help save a life. But before we get to that, we have got to touch on Married at First Sight because, oh my goodness, I cannot even believe that Jason Jason Carrion from our season, season one of Married at First Sight, he was divorced 10 months ago and now he is remarried yes and to give a little backstory season one of married at first sight it was jamie and i jason and courtney and there was also monet and vaughn and jason and courtney and jamie and i both stayed together at the end of the experiment and we also had two spinoff shows which was married at first sight the first year so they were one of the couples that fell in love instantly had an instant connection right from the start, right at the wedding, and seemed to just have that sort of fairy tale beginning. I don't know if that's a telling sign of how the long term will go, but it has shown that couples that really connect and everything's perfect in the beginning, it's very difficult to keep that momentum, you know, whereas, and I'm not saying Jamie and I are perfect by any means, but we had that buildup and we had that, you know, building a friendship and then building a love and you know, the best is still yet to come rather than getting onto that extreme high and then, okay. you know, coming down off of the mountaintop for, for a bit. For me, I mean, first of all, Ashley and Anthony from season five from Chicago, they definitely had a fairy tale love at first sight type story and they're still married and they have a beautiful daughter. So I know that it can happen. I mean, I didn't really believe in love at first sight until... A, Courtney and Jason, and then B, Ashley and Anthony. But I think it's there's something to be said for the fact that we didn't have, I mean, I had the highest expectations prior to walking down the aisle, and then for whatever reason, I felt like they weren't met, and we don't have to get into that because it's so annoying to constantly talk about that. But so then I just, like, lost all expectations, which is the best place to be. And so we didn't have, like, this, like, intimate sparks and all that jazz, but that's okay because we had nowhere to go but up. Whereas, like, I feel like if you have all this, you know, attraction and chemistry and you have sex real fast and all that jazz, like, you don't have anywhere to go but either A, plateau, or B, go down a little bit because the real world's going to hit you hard real fast. And so we, I feel very, very lucky that we were able to build a foundation of friendship and trust and love prior to having all these, like, steamy feelings for each other because we needed that. I feel like that's the whole point of dating, which you don't get to do, obviously, for Married at First Sight. I feel like because I had the chance to just be your friend and we didn't, like, hop into bed together, like... I realized I could trust you and you're a good guy. And so by the time we did hop into bed together, which was well after the experiment, we didn't have sex until after the experiment, but I knew that you were a respectable guy. You know, it can work both ways, but for us, I'm really thankful for the way it worked out for us. Courtney and Jason, they were amazing together. I love them. I remember I would just like stare at the TV and gush at them because they just seemed to be like really perfect for each other. But you know, I remember Courtney reaching out saying it really wasn't working out and she was going to go home and be with her family and Jason was doing his wrestling thing in Europe. And then soon after that, like they just never really rekindled. You know, they eventually filed for divorce. And if anybody was following Courtney, one of the things that she had mentioned too was that, you know, they were going to file for divorce to get a fresh start to become friends and then work on the marriage from there. But at that point it was just unrecoverable, if that's a word. They tried really, really hard. And I do keep in touch with Courtney. I you know, she's been a dear friend of mine since the beginning and they split 
at, like it was a mutual decision. It wasn't like someone got heated, called off their marriage. They both respected each other and loved each other and split amicably. And when I found out Jason's remarried, I instantly texted her and said, hey, just thinking of you. Because I can imagine that's still got to hurt. I mean, she loves this man. But truth be told, you know, she texted me and said she's she's so happy with this man, Sherm, that she's with. And she's happy. Jason's happy. And they're very mature. The way they handled their divorce and moving on was in a very mature manner. Courtney, we got to get her on the co- on the podcast. And I want to hear her love story with this man because they're talking marriage as well. The divorce word is kind of a, a bad word and you never want to hear it, but it is for the right reasons. I mean, people don't get a divorce because they're happy. They get a divorce because it's toxic and can become toxic. And it's just, you know, the separation happens. And I, I think that they were at the point where they were comfortable with themselves and, and knowing that if they, they do split, they went through this journey together and they'll still have love for each other. And I'm sure both of them will have a special place in each other's hearts, but it's just nice to see Courtney so happy and Jason so happy. You know, Courtney and I were talking and she can't wait to come on one day and invite her boyfriend Sherman and, and talk about it and you know I have reached out to Jason to let him know that we are thinking of him as well and he just doesn't you know I don't I don't think he likes us Doug I, I, think, <laughs> I don't know what we did well no I, I just think that based on the previous pictures that he's just had way too many comments on the pictures that we can't leave any either that or he's just completely blocked us he's blocked us Doug gotta I, be honest you know what I after seeing that I am unfollowing him i already did unfollow him actually it's really strange like we are a family if you ask me like we're a married at first sight family like how many people have been married at first sight especially the first season we all went into this blindly like we really had no idea what it was you know nowadays these contestants and couples and whatnot they know what they're getting into and they have the support of one another because they get to meet up throughout the show but we never really had that and so we really bonded after and although Courtney and I have always had each other's we met in casting and we've always had each other's number and snuck like visits with each other but anyways I just think it's sad that I don't I don't know what we did why he chose to unfollow us it wasn't like we were actively reaching out to him or you know I mean I I hung out with him maybe once or twice after the show and after season two aired you know we the guys got together and and hung out but you know like we were so out of each other's lives that it's just weird that he would choose to unfollow or block us it's just it's it's really strange I mean maybe it's just over the relationship or just like Vaughn wants nothing to do with season one or any association there, but uh, it's just weird. It's, it was weird getting that, you know, have, going to his page and then all of a sudden not being able to comment or because I, I am happy for him. I, you know, like I don't think we've ever said anything bad to him or he would have no reason to not no. follow us or block us. It wasn't like we were like, like creeping in on him. I don't think we've ever spoke about him on the podcast before. So it's just, it's just strange. It really is. Yeah. And obviously it hurts a little because we are like a family. So it's kind of like this estranged kind of like brother that's like I don't want anything to do with you anymore but you know what I respect him and I'm like you said like we're happy for him if he's happy we're happy he's a really good guy like I've hung out with Jason a couple times you know with Courtney and he is honestly a great guy who's had a rough life I have no hard feelings if he wants to block me I know that I didn't really say or do anything so I don't know why he blocked me, but I'm sure he has his reasons. But I don't care. Like, it's no big deal. I still follow him and I still love him and I'll still support him because, you know, I think he's just probably trying to separate himself from married at first sight. Like he's ready to move on to the next chapter of his life. That's what I'm going to go with. I think he's just, I, I think he's just ready to carry on without us. Yeah. He's Jason Carrion, and he's carrying on. And he is now married to a woman named Roxanne Pallet. She's from Europe. She's an actress. She was on Celebrity Big Brother. And according to Jason, she is the love of his life. I mean, he is obviously head over heels. They got engaged. Then two months later, now they're married. And, you know, I couldn't be happier, honestly, for Jason. Like, truly. Like, I mean, the man has had such a rough life. He had, hadn't had access to his father. He... Um, like we, Jason and I have a very similar background story in the sense that he didn't have access to his father. He knew his father, but he didn't know 
you know, his father personally because his father didn't want anything to do with him. Whereas I didn't even know my father, but we have that in common. And then, um, you know, he discovered he has a sister and found his sister. Now they're very close. And also his mom died of cancer, like soon after we got married, you know, I really empathize with him and I'm just really happy that he's happy. I hope Roxanne's a good woman to him because like, I don't know, he kind of does feel like, like a distant brother or cousin that you're kind of protective of and you want him to be really happy. Even if for whatever reason, I guess he doesn't like me, but I don't care. Like I'm like, a, maybe I just still feel protective. But anyways, we got to talk about what's happening on this season of Married at First Sight, Doug. There are so many different things happening within the first couple episodes. I mean, Zach and Mindy, that whole thing is just, I feel bad for Mindy. Let's take a step back, Doug, and share about what's happening on this season of Married at First Sight for anyone who's not listening, and then we're going to definitely give our opinions because I can't help but, like, share my honest thoughts and feelings. So, Mindy and Zach, first of all, Zach talks with all these big words that don't really belong together and they don't really make any sense but essentially what he's relaying and everybody gets is that he's not attracted to his wife mindy and he tells her this in like literally every way shape and form he possibly can to the point where mindy's like what do you want from me like do you want breast implants like do you want like, <laughs> like you're, i get it you're not attracted like what do you want me to do about this? Like, like I'm not changing who I am because you're not attracted to me as is, yeah. which shout out to her props to her because you know, she should like no man should come in and no woman should, should come into a, in any sort of relationship and be like, well, I'm just not attracted to you. You can you change this, that and the other thing. I mean, that's just not kosher. No here. Well, the, you know, my issue with it is it, it's one thing to say that you're not, attracted to somebody granted but you don't say it over and over again after just like a a a week or so like it's just it's so bizarre that he keeps bringing it up it's like how many times can you say it without trying to move past it and it's like you know saying somebody is depressed all the time it's like no you know just depressed just depressed it's like you're never gonna not be depressed if you keep saying that you're depressed he doesn't seem to be in this for the right reasons whatsoever because he is not giving this experiment a chance at all. He's not giving Mindy a chance at all. And Mindy is starting to see completely through all of his bullshit because he doesn't make any sense. He talks in circles and it's unfair the way that she's 110% into it. And he's just really focused on himself and his image And the fact that he's, I mean, Mindy has made this entire leap of faith with leaving her family behind. Her family is not with this decision, meaning her mom and dad, they didn't even go to the wedding and he is not respecting that at all. Like he is just completely thinking about what's lacking in his relationship right now, what's lacking in the marriage, how he's going to be able to recover from this without thinking about, well, my wife just sacrificed her family for this, but I'm just going to keep saying I'm not attracted to her. It's just, it's, yeah. it's so annoying, honestly, to watch. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's very self-centered, to be quite frank. Like, he is just nonstop all about, like, attraction, really, which just comes down to, like, and I love how Mindy says it. She's like, so what, do you think that, like, I'm attracted to you? Because newsflash, like, just because you think you have a six-pack and that head of hair, that that doesn't mean I'm attracted to you. And and she's not attracted to him. And it's it's like, does he ever even care to ask if she's attracted to him? No, because he's very, very, uh, I don't want to say stuck up, but quite frankly, stuck up and, like, full of himself and just assumes that she's attracted to him. But, well, actually, homeboy... Appearances and everything, but one thing I want to say and just kind of like almost put my foot in my mouth because I wasn't attracted to you, and so people will so quickly, oh my god, they come out of the woodwork to bash me to be like, well, you are so mean to Doug, and you weren't attracted to him, and I hated you in the beginning of you know your season of Married at First Sight, and honestly, that really I I've shed a few tears because of people coming out saying how mean I was to you and how I you know was so shallow and whatnot and I and it made me feel like I was shallow but it's entirely different I mean but you also were in the experiment you weren't sitting there constantly like obsessed with yourself and your own feelings like you were you were just honest about it and he's not being completely honest with her at all 
it's true. Like, I mean, I, what was I supposed to do? Lie and pretend that I was, that was what I didn't want to do was just, I didn't want a TV like romance. So, you know, I had been on The Bachelor. I knew that that was very contrived for the most part. And I was like, I'm not going to get married and just because we're filming it for TV, pretend that I'm in love and smitten. Like, I really wanted something real. And I really had high expectations for something that was very real. And when, you know, I saw you and I, I didn't have those butterflies immediately, I saw, oh, no, this isn't real. Like, what am I thinking? And it just took me a second. I freaked out. Like, I really had these high hopes that my marriage would work. And I just, when I saw you and there wasn't butterflies, I mean, that's like our culture in America. Like, if you don't have sparks with someone the first time you go on a date or the first time you hang out you instantly think oh no never gonna work out which is you know a nice little a nice little nugget to keep in the back of our mind is that actually I mean the best thing that ever happened to me was that I gave the guy who I didn't have sparks with the first time a chance and here we are almost six years married and almost two kids later and a baby in heaven and like you're truly the best husband in the whole wide world and I'm so lucky that I was married because I probably honestly Doug like if we had been at a bar on our first date I'm sure actually I would have probably I wouldn't have had as many nerves so I think I would have like been spent with you from from the beginning because you're funny and charming and loving and patient and kind but let's just say that I wasn't attracted to you and I you know I never thought it was going to work out and we never went on another date like I would have missed out on all of this he's just setting himself up for honestly Mindy is such a catch I think she's gorgeous you know, and it doesn't even come down to a physical appearance, but like she's very smart. She's driven. She's 110% in. He just can't see what's right in front of him. Like this blessing that he just got like landed on a silver platter. But we're also not saying that they're perfect for each other because the experiment part of it, I mean, the experts only know you based on their interviews with you and based on your review of yourself and your assessment of yourself. So It's not something that should happen overnight. People shouldn't expect love to just spark from the beginning. But when you start to peel things back, it's almost like people forget that they filled out these assessments, that this is someone that's based on their answers. Like this is what you asked for essentially with this experiment is, you know, here's who I am. Here's who I want. I'm trusting you experts to put together the, you know, the, the perfect match as you say you will. And then it's, you know, then it's on you to, to make it work. And I think what we, what we went through, Jamie and I, is that we said it from day one, just be the same person on and off camera. And there won't be any question about who you are, what you want and who we are together, which you know, is, is also something that Mika and Michael seem to be going through because Mika's now called Michael out on it that, you know, he's a different person off camera than he is on camera. And this whole sex, this whole sex ultimatum thing is just so telling. And the fact that he won't admit it when the cameras are there, it's just, it's just, how do you, how do you trust somebody after that? I a hundred percent agree. Michael and Mika, to me, huge red flag. And also, they're not wearing their rings, which was Michael's initiation, which I just think is ridiculous. Also, now, Zach's not wearing his ring either. It's like, what is happening with this season? But on a positive note, Katie and Derek are super cute. I consistently call them the Ashton Kutcher and Lindsay Lohan. There we go. I don't care if you think that's like an old joke. It's not a joke that they really do look like them. And they're just adorable, except... It seems like next week, Katie's ex kind of creeps into her thoughts and, girl, I've been there. Don't do it. Don't do it. Like, ah, I wish that I could, like, talk to her and be like, and that's the thing is that now for Unfiltered, you know, we're shooting it and I have had the chance to talk to her. But, man, don't let your ex creep in your thoughts because he's an ex for a reason. And just remember that reason. On a super positive note, Jessica and Austin, these two are giddy, happy little bumpers, (laughs) I guess. Yeah, they remind me of Bobby and Danielle, just like so good for each other. And you're going to be able to watch this friendship grow. And they both want each other. They both want the experiment to work. They both enjoy each other's companies. I mean, you could you could just tell that this is going to this is a strong couple with with setting up a great foundation. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And one thing I mean there's kind of a very awkward couple like let's just call it a spade a spade like they're just very goofy and awkward and giggly and no joke the whole this is the funny part of what happened last episode so the whole 
married at first sight family, the whole clan, all the couples are together eating dinner, and somehow it gets out, you know, that Jessica and Austin have had sex, and they consummated their marriage, and it's like, I don't know, like, the family dinner, like, where you say, oh, yeah, we had sex, it was good, <laughs> like, it's just so funny, but uh, better them having sex and being happy than Taylor and Brandon, oh, my gosh, Doug, wow. Brandon went crazy. You know what? It's uh, I. I'm just amazed at someone that. How old is Brandon? I don't know. I think he's in his thirties. Yeah, it's like thirty-one. Like who? Who at thirty-one or who passed middle school gives the silent treatment? Like that's just weird. <laughs> I just always put myself in the the spouse's position, regardless of if it's like a guy or a girl. Like if, if they're being treated poorly, like Taylor was just innocently filming Brandon while he was sleeping. I've done that to you. Like, it's just like cute. Like I film you all the time when you're sleeping. Half the time I'm complaining because you're sleeping and I'm feeding a baby or changing a diaper. And I'm yeah. like, my effing husband's sleeping and I'll film you snoring. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon's lucky that Taylor was doing it in a sweet, endearing way. Like, oh, he's sleeping. Yeah. But anyways, he wakes up to the camera, which wasn't like this big, massive thing. It was just a little diary cam. And he said that it like freaked him out, or I don't know, he didn't caused like him anxiety or something like that. I mean, yeah, he was yelling at the camera crew and production, and just he went nuts. The preview for next week's episode is even scarier because, like, apparently his nuttiness doesn't even calm down. Like, he just keeps yeah. like exploding at everybody in sight. It's just so, he's he's got some deep rooted issues for some reason, and it's just so strange that he took that route. You also have to realize. And it's a maybe it's a level of maturity, but you have to realize that your partner is going to make mistakes and they're not going to know what freaks you out. They're not going to know these things. So you have to you have to give a pass. You have to give these passes because you're figuring things out to yourself. Like, how is she supposed to know that you're going to freak out if she has that? And and why would you give her the silent treatment? Like, is she supposed to figure it out and be a mind reader? Or was he expecting her to be like, I'm so sorry. Let me make it up to you. Like, it's just it's just so strange that he would freak out, not explain why he freaked out and just give a silent treatment the whole day. Like, who are you, Brandon? Who yeah. are you? Well, I know everyone wanted us to recap Married at First Sight, so there's our recap. I mean, we recap it on Couples Couch, we recap it on Married at First Sight Unfiltered, and I also recap it on my blog on jamieotis.com, because I'm not able to be as unfiltered myself on Married at First Sight Unfiltered. Like, I'm more of the devil's advocate and more of, like, a mediator. And then it's also not about me on Married at First Sight Unfiltered, it's about the couples, so I'm trying (laughs) to get information out of them. Right. Whereas here and on Couples Couch and on my blog, I can just really say how I feel. Like, I don't always hope every couple works out, especially if I feel like one person in particular out of the couple is not doing well. And I know that's not very PC of me, but, I mean, that's just my true opinion. So if Brandon can't, like, man up and admit that he's gone bonkers, and, like, that's really scary to me that all she did was film him and he is exploding now like that's really scary because like what if she did something more severe i don't know like what she could do like my red flags and it's probably from my own history of like domestic violence and whatnot it's not worth risking so i don't know that i'm necessarily rooting for them but i'm also not blindly like everybody should stay married so i don't know we'll see about these two You know, before we bring Dawn Masbini on to tell her story and her family's story about toxic shock syndrome and what it is and what happened to her daughter, which is God awful. It really makes you think about what you do put into your body. Like Something like a tampon can be completely toxic when it's supposed to be safe. It's almost like some of the deodorants that you hear with aluminum and talc where it actually prevents you from sweating. It's just not natural to prevent these things, which is why Jamie and I have both switched to native deodorant. I mean, having a kid, we kind of started to really notice what we were going to be putting in and on our body. And native deodorant, it's completely formulated without any aluminum, parabens, or talc. It's also vegan, never tested on animals. But it's also made with ingredients you've heard of like coconut oil and shea butter. And this is something that you wear every single day. So you should be able to understand what the ingredients are. I mean, 
Uh, if you think that just because you're eliminating aluminum or other antiperspirant type ingredients, you would have to sacrifice on efficacy and having it work, but it's actually completely not the case. Jamie and I have been both wearing native deodorant for over six months now, and they have 10 cents. They have seasonal scents. My favorite is vanilla. Jamie loves the coconut, but they also have like lavender and rose and cucumber and mint. Um, they really have a wide variety for everybody and it's completely risk-free to try. So they always offer a 30-day free return uh, and exchanges within the U.S. So if you are thinking about going natural with deodorant, here's a chance to try it out completely risk-free. And for 20% off your first purchase, you can visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code HMCP during checkout. That's 20% off your first purchase. Just visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code HMCP, nativedeodorant.com, promo code HMCP for 20% off. And Henley starts her first week of school down here in Florida, which up in New Jersey, we never really had to pack her a breakfast or a lunch. They provided it for her, but this school doesn't. So I'm so pumped that we were able to get our perfect bar delivered, which they have a perfect snack for kids and Henley loves it. Her favorite is the chocolate chip or dark chocolate chip peanut butter. My favorite is the peanut butter. It is so healthy, completely organic, non-GMO, project verified, gluten-free, soy-free, kosher, and low GI. There is no better snack in my opinion than perfect bar and perfect snack for kids. It has eight organic superfoods, handpicked for kids' nutritional needs, a cookie dough-like texture, and perfect kid bars are kept refrigerated, but they're also good for up to a week outside of the fridge. And if you haven't tried perfect bar or you haven't tried perfect snacks for your kids, here's your chance to get 15% off your online order. Just go to perfectbar.com slash HMCP. Shop their refrigerated snacks at perfectbar.com slash HMCP to get 15% off your order. Be ready this season with Perfect Kids. Go to perfectbar.com slash HMCP to stock up and save 15%. We love it. You'll love it. Give it a try. Thank you for bearing with us through those sponsors, but I think now it's about time to bring on Dawn. On March 27th, Maddie's birthday, she and her mother went out to dinner. Maddie's mom, Dawn, said Maddie wasn't feeling well when the two got home. Maddie got sick but rested in hopes she'd improve. Unfortunately, her health took a turn for the absolute worst, and she passed away on March 30th, 2017, three days after her 19th birthday. I couldn't even imagine what this family has gone through. We have a daughter ourselves, and of course, we would want to educate her as best as we can. I think so many people believe, oh, that won't happen to me. You see the notes in the uh, in the tampon box, but you just never think it's going to ever happen to anyone you know, or let alone yourself. Dawn, we just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, and we are so grateful that you're on Hot Marriage Cool Parents to help spread awareness about this very important topic. I'm very appreciative that you're doing this create awareness and to honor my daughter. Very grateful. Thank you. I can't imagine what you went through as a mother. I just cannot imagine. If you could, could you take us back to March 27th, 2017, Maddie's birthday? Okay. Um, Whoever the birthday person is, they get to pick where they want to go to dinner and we all go to dinner together. It's been a tradition since they were toddlers. So she picks the place she wants to go. Before dinner, though, she's not feeling very well. And she said, Mommy, I don't feel very good. And I'm like, well, let's stay home. We'll go another night. I don't, you know, I want you to rest. And she really wanted to go to dinner and spend her birthday out tradition. So she really just wanted to do it. And um, so she went. And uh, she wasn't really eating a whole lot at dinner. She looked a little tired. And uh, she wasn't her, her lively, full of, laughter uh herself and um so anyway we finished up dinner and uh came home and a little while later she got sick to her stomach and I, I didn't understand why i figured she was coming down with a bug we had had it the year before so she got sick and you know she rested through the night and the next morning i went and checked on her and she had a little fever and she still wasn't feeling good she laid around most of the day i know she was texting her friends and they were checking on her and then nighttime, you know, I come up for bed. She's already in bed, and she got very dizzy, and she got sick again. And 
And she's like, Mommy, I just don't feel good. And I'm like, okay, you know, I got her, you know, she got back to bed because I didn't want her to fall, you know, and hit her head. She hadn't really ate or drank much that day. And usually when you get up, you get very dizzy. So I said, okay, Maddie, we're going to go to the doctor first thing in the morning. And it's been a day, still not feeling good. I want them to check everything and make sure everything's okay. And uh, I let her sleep in the next day um, because she wasn't feeling good. And uh, I went in to get her. She was laying there and um, really couldn't talk to me. And I just kept Mm -hmm. saying, Maddie, it's mommy. Do you know who I am? Mm -hmm. She didn't look right, you know. And uh, I uh, called the first aid, and it took a while for them to get there. She couldn't really talk to me. And she kind of, like, was rocking a little bit. I figured that was like a little panicky, you know, panic attacks, you know, she had a few from time to time. And then I just looked at her and something was not right at all. She stopped rocking and uh, just looked at me and she closed her eyes and I just grabbed her, you know. Mm. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like, so amazing. I so amazing. Oh. And uh, I was like, she was gone and, uh, I don't, you know, why? She was fine two days ago. And, uh, she was out with her friends and laughing. Everything was great. And they got there, they revived her. We got her to the hospital and um, fell into a coma. That was it. She was on life support and a dialysis machine and a uh, ventilator. And um, the doctors all examined her and said, you know, there wasn't anything they could do for her. Um, her condition was grave, and uh, and that was that, you know. So I laid with her all night and the next morning, and then uh, she just uh, she kept crashing, and um, we had to make the decision to turn off the ventilator because she wasn't going to be the beautiful, beautiful girl we knew, full of life and love anymore. It's hard to see your your child like that and to have to say goodbye to them. It all over this silly, stupid tampon that's supposed to be safe for you. You know, the hygiene product. Everybody is supposed to be safe, you know. You don't ever question. She kept changing them. It wasn't that. It was just the reaction with the bacteria and the blood and the tampon and the chemicals in the tampon. We find her bloodstream. And it just took her over. Within 36 oh, hours, it was over. That is that is so so sad. Oh, Don, we are so 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 sorry to hear about this. I could not even imagine the pain and the suffering that you and your family have been through, and just how awful and scary this is. Because, like you said, three days ago at her birthday, she was seemingly just down with a cold or a bug. And then three days later, she's on life support and you have to say goodbye. I couldn't even imagine. And Dawn, how, how soon did they realize that it was, a, that it was the tampon? Um, because when I, they asked me the question when we got there, and I said, yeah, she had her period and um, she was using tampons. And yeah, they put it all together and they did a swab. And, and that's how they determined... Um, what it was. <laughs> the scariest part to me is that she came down with symptoms that you would think would be a bug or a flu or a cold. And it's, you know, from a guy's perspective, I wouldn't have ever thought that this was even a thing. It's scary that it's a, a real thing. And it's, it's just something I never could have imagined would happen with a product that's over the counter that everybody uses i was in shock i mean you know you sit there and it's surreal you're like you're kidding me right come on you're like i put her in her favorite sweatshirt i thought i was bringing her home you know um and i'm still in shock every day i cry every day um, i miss her like crazy she's my best friend you know and we're supposed to grow old together i'm supposed to see her fulfill her dreams and adventures and life and I am so, so sorry. For everyone uh, wondering what exactly happened, so essentially Maddie, 
used a tampon and Dawn, you had said that she used it like normal, you know, she changed it every time she went to the bathroom, probably, you know, nothing longer than probably four to six hours, I assume she used the tampon and she developed something called toxic shock syndrome. It's also known as TSS and it's not very well known about to be to be very frank. I mean, there is like a, a warning sign of some sort in a tampon box saying be careful but no one really pays attention to that because no one really believes that they're ever going to have tss dawn created a foundation in honor of her daughter maddie to kind of help spread awareness that yes this toxic shock syndrome can and will happen if you're not careful and you got to know the signs and symptoms and you got to be able to advocate for yourself and dawn if you can kind of walk us through what tss is uh and Kind of what causes toxic shock syndrome? Sure. Um, first of all, it's a multisystemic disease. And uh, what it does is the toxin gets into your bloodstream and it circulates through your body, shutting everything down. It's contaminating it, okay, as a toxin would. And your organs start to shut down one by one by one. It's 100% preventable. Um, if you catch it early enough, antibiotic will take care of it. Um, but the problem is that not many know about it. Um, no one talks about it. The, the companies themselves do nothing proactive to help you or warn you about it. There's a, an, an attention on the side of the box, not even a warning with the big black letters that blends in. If there's a little tiny little blurb on the inside of the box, may cause toxic shock. Nothing to educate you or help you be proactive to know the signs and symptoms to be able to self-advocate and go to the doctor and say, you know what, I just had my period and I had to use the tampon and I have these symptoms. You know, can we check this? I don't think it's the stomach bug. I don't think it's the flu. So what we would like to see is the, the manufacturers put a big black warning with skull and crossbones on the front saying, warning can cause toxic shock. And on the inside flap of the box, have all the signs and symptoms so they know what they are. Every time they use it, it becomes in, embedded in their brain. So now they can self-advocate. So we're hoping manufacturers that someday will do something proactive and put these things there to help educate their customers yes. so that their customers know what to do. Absolutely. Um, right now there's a little piece of, there's an insert in every box. And I go on speaking engagements. I speak everywhere, high schools, colleges. And my question is, how many people know of toxic shock? I can tell you, not even like three to four people in a whole room. And then my next question will be, how many of you throw the insert away without reading it? Every right. hand goes up. Nobody reads it. Quick question with your thoughts on tampon usage, because, you know, every woman menstruates and eight out of 10 have used a tampon, probably 10 out of 10 women will have used a tampon at some point in their life. I myself am trying to go more natural and organic and I'm not a big fan of pads. I got to be very honest. And I do use tampons when I, when I menstruating and I know that tampons have an array of chemicals. There's no regulations at all. And if you think about it, when you're menstruating, you're trying to get rid of all any toxic waste, any sort of anything that your body doesn't want to hold on to is trying to rid of, but then you put this chemical filled cotton inside your, you know, hoo-ha and you're literally not only adding more chemicals, but you're holding on to your own toxic waste. Would you recommend organic cotton because I now they have lots of different brands out there with just organic cotton do you think that that's a safer alternative to regular tampons uh the other tampons aren't all cotton they have a rayon in them it is the rayon that is the super absorbent that is one of the um causes toxic shock so I would definitely use organic all cotton take it out every couple hours like everyone should know the signs and symptoms and you're going to be fine, but the other ones that have chemicals, and it's the, it's the rayon that creates this perfect storm inside your body. Uh, and manufacturers use it because one, it's cheaper, two, it's man-made, and three, it absorbs more. So everybody thinks that's wonderful when we're supposed to be cleansing our body and not having that. Also, tampon is not sterile. So you're putting something in your body that, you, you know, is on a factory line, this, that, you don't know. It's not sterile. I know Jamie's tampons sit at the bottom of her pocketbook anytime that I go through it. She always has three or four that are just laying there. 
And honestly, if you put a drug in your body before that drug can even be available to the public, it goes through so many tests and regulations and the FDA. It just seems bizarre to me that something like a tampon that you're supposed to be putting inside your body that is super absorbent and, you know, that can access the bloodstream why there hasn't been regulations put on this or why there hasn't been more studies or tests. No one's stepping up and asking for them. Everyone's just letting it go because nobody really talks about it. So Madeline's Foundation is creating a law in New Jersey called Madeline's Law. And hopefully we're gonna we're gonna, you know, work on the ingredients and we're gonna work on the labeling on the box. We're working with our senator, our congress they're amazing. They all want to do something about this because they realize it's not rare. It's very prevalent. It's just not reported. It's not mandatory to report it. We're trying to get it to be mandatory to be reported so that you can actually track and see how prevalent it is. And the numbers will be staggering. We have a producer that we work with on a show called Married at First Sight Couples Couch. And this producer, I was telling her that we were going to have you on our podcast. Her name's Hunter. And I was just like explaining to her about how you know, your daughter had passed away from toxic shock syndrome and I can couldn't even believe it because I never heard of anybody dying from something like this. And our friend Hunter, who's the producer, she said, oh, I had a friend who died from that. And she was a real close friend of hers and it, they were in high school, I believe. And I guess it just, you know, it comes in like, like you said earlier, it comes in like a storm and it just, it just overtook her body and there was nothing that they could do. So it is so, so important that we all pay attention to, to what you're talking about and, and pay attention to what we're putting inside and on our bodies. And as a mother, oh my goodness, like I just can't even imagine. So if there's one thing I can do for my daughter, I would want to tell her how can she prevent toxic shock syndrome? So can you share with us and our listeners what women can do to prevent toxic shock syndrome? I would use organic tampons. I would know the signs and symptoms. You just have to be educated. You have to be aware of these things that happen. I don't know any other way to prevent it other than knowledge. Or just not wearing tampons at all. Um, if I had a choice, if I could change everything as I wish, I would never let her use them. I would never let her use them. Yeah. I would not take that chance. You know, everybody has a chance of getting toxic shock. But girls under 20, I'm going to, say, I'm going to even go higher, 22 um, and, and, and younger, their immune systems aren't fully developed. They don't have the antibodies to fight these pathogens yet. Dawn, what are some of those signs and symptoms? You get a fever, you get chills, vomiting, nausea, uh, diarrhea. You could have uh, muscle aches, pain, um, headaches. As I say, it sounds like everything that's standard in like a fever or flu. Yeah, it's like it, this is a sad thing about it is that it's very, very difficult to differentiate from the standard cold or flu. Yeah, but here's what happens. Then you start getting dizzy and lightheaded. You get confused and disoriented. Um, as this happens, your, lo- your blood pressure is getting lower and your heart rate's getting higher, and this is dangerous. Now, you can have seizures beforehand um, before it goes uh, into cardiac arrest. Um, but here's some others that you need to be aware of. You could have um, a sunburn like rash. You could have peeling of skin on the soles of your feet or palms of your hands. I have to tell you something. This is very, very important to know. You do not have to have all of these to have toxic shock. You can have just a few that mimic even a stomach bug and still have toxic shock. That's why you need to know your body. You need to know if you're using a tampon and this happens to you, You need to tell the doctor to check for toxic shock. One more thing that I wanted to note just as a nurse to our listeners for them to be aware of, because you were saying you have to know your body, you have to know the signs and symptoms. The other thing that I would recommend is knowing your baselines. So what I mean by that is like your heart rate baseline and your blood pressure baseline, because textbook perfect is your blood pressure is going to be 120 over 70. But let's say you're a runner and you have a lower blood pressure and you have a lower heart rate you know, you might go in and your blood pressure might be 130 over 80. And that might not seem terrible to to the physician. But you you would know if your blood pressure is usually like 110 over 60, you would know, whoa, wait a minute, that's actually elevated for me. And same thing with the heart rate. If your heart rate is typically lower, some people have a resting heart rate of like 50 to 60, which is pretty low. And if they go in and their heart rate's like 80 to 90, 
ER doctors don't know your health history. So you have to be the one to tell them, hey, listen, 80 to 80 or 90, that's really elevated for me. Like I usually run at like 55 or 60 and that would change everything for the, for what they want to do when they see you. So it's really, really important to know what your baselines are and be able to share that with your doctors. Yeah, that's what's important. That's why we get physicals every single year to get those, um, those, um, uh, baselines, um, baseline. I'm not sure if you know the answer to this or not, but are organic cotton tampons, are those like, would that prevent it? Or do you think that the best recommendation is to use a, a pad or a diaphragm? Here's the thing. We have to be realistic. Okay. Um, Girls are athletes, and those things not necessarily okay during that time based on what they are active in. Um, personally, I would never on again. Organic is better. Organic is definitely better. And Dawn, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that there's really no better way to honor your, your daughter who's passed than to carry the knowledge on. I mean, this is going to save lives. And what you're doing is is really incredible. And I have to, I, I really commend you for it and, and uh, admire you for it because it takes a strong family. It takes a strong person to carry on like this and to, to keep your daughter's memory and not let, let it go in vain is, is just incredible. And I think that you will change lives and, and hopefully, you know, the right people will listen to this and, and your, your messages that are carrying on at, at all of your events. Uh, I, I just, I really think that it's an incredible thing that you're doing. I want to be very honest. Um, I do, my son and I do this with my daughter. She's our best friend. Um, she should be here living her life. She was so full of energy and life and love. And when she walked in a room and laughed and smiled, everybody knew it was Madeline. You know, she lit up a room. Um, this is the last gift we can give her uh, that will outlast our lives in her honor of a beautiful person she is Aww. and that her life matters. It's very precious. Absolutely. And, um, so this is um, why we chose to do this. Absolutely. And she um, saved four lives so far that we know of. So wow. it is working. Um, wow. I've had contact, I've been contacted by the UK, New Zealand, Australia, all throughout the U.S. We are getting the word out, but we need everyone's help to create awareness, to help us make changes in honor of all the ones who have gone before us that had this, that never stood up, and their families Absolutely. that now live without them and suffer every day without their loved ones. There is no better way to honor her and her memory than to help other families not have to go through that. For anybody that wants to help, for anybody that wants to reach out, um, can you tell us a little bit about the organization and how to get involved? Yeah, we created Don't Shock Me, Natty Masabni Foundation for Toxic Shock Awareness. It's uh, don'tshockme.org or don'tshockme19 at com. If anyone, you know, needs information about it, wants us to speak, come and speak, um, has questions, concerns, has a story they want us to hear, have them reach out to us. We, we would love to be honored to do whatever we can to help them as well um, and be there for them. Truly what you're doing is absolutely life-changing and it can be it can be the difference between losing a life or saving a life. And the fact that you're spending so much time to help raise awareness and educate, it is undoubtedly helping so many women. So thank you so much for doing what you do. And fathers, because I don't know anything about tampons. This is my life's purpose now. Um, I know this is what she would want me to be doing. Yes, and Dawn, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And uh, again, we are so sorry for your loss, but we are we want to share the message. We want to share your voice. And it's just been an honor to have a chance to speak with you. I just want to say thank you so much for caring and wanting to make a difference and honoring my daughter. I'm very grateful. Thank you. I mean, wow. Wow, wow, wow. You don't really think of these things when you become a parent and there's more and more things that scare the hell out of you. And what Dawn and her son and her family are doing 
in their daughter Maddie's name is just incredible. Uh, I would have never known about TSS, maybe at some point in my life, but Jamie and I really connected with this story that that she had and just having a daughter and and I know I'm not going to have to worry about tampons for quite a while, but it's just peace of mind knowing how to prevent it and what to look out for. And I really commend her Dawn and, and her family for taking this message to the FDA, to their town, to the people and to young women everywhere and parents everywhere, because this is, it will save lives. And, you know, we, we want to thank Dawn from the bottom of our hearts and, and we, empathize with her and it sucks just what they went through and having to really go through something that is heart-wrenching and uh, unimaginable in my opinion I can't I can't imagine the pain that they must have gone through you know Jamie and I really want to bring on guests that connect with our audience and hopefully share some education but also have some fun so we're looking forward to your feedback if you like having guests like this on or if you have suggestions for any other guests or different topics to cover please let us know we want to really make this about you guys and bring you into our lives but also bring in some appropriate messaging and, and certainly entertainment but leave us a comment, whether it's on Instagram at Hot Marriage Cool Parents or Jamie and Otis or Doug Hayner on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or again, leave a five-star review or comment on Himalaya or iTunes. We look forward to your feedback. We thank you so much for following us again for this week. Hopefully we made your drive, your run, your listen enjoyable. Stay tuned for next week when we capture more about Married at First Sight. We bring you more about our Florida trip. I'm sure Henley's going to have some funny things that'll happen. So thank you again for listening and goodbye. And we love you and goodbye. Henley, you want to say goodbye? Bye-bye. Hasta luego. Hasta Sayonara. Sayonara. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. We love you. I love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.